morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, March the 2nd. Last night, we saw the Dow down 598 points or 1.76%, falling from the outset, but then closing off session lows. It marked the second worst session for the Dow for 2022. The S&P 500 was down 1.55% and the NASDAQ down 1.59%. Interesting, the NASDAQ uh, not drastically underperforming on a down day, which it has been doing recently. Every sector bar energy closed in the red. European markets were all weaker. Germany, Italy, and France all down around 4% among the worst of them. It was again the Russia-Ukraine conflict that was the key driver of sell-off, with Russia declaring it will begin a high-precision attacks on Kyiv and also increasing its shelling on Ukraine's second largest city, Kharkiv. Oil prices spiked sharply overnight, adding to inflationary concerns. WTI was up 8% and finished above US $100 for the first time since July 2014, despite the IEA agreeing to release 60 million barrels of crude from strategic reserve. Uh, And the conflict has also been decreasing the likelihood that the Fed will do anything dramatic at upcoming FOMC meeting. The yield on the US 10-year Treasury note continued to fall overnight, down another 12 basis points to 1.71%. And it was only a few weeks ago that it was trading north of 2%, so it's been quite a sharp move in a short period of time. The fall saw financials the worst performers overnight in the US with higher rates and yields being a better situation for banks and financials than the lower rates we are seeing. Elsewhere, US dollar was much stronger against the euro and but weaker against the yen. Gold was up 2.3%, Bitcoin up 12.9%, base metals all sharply stronger, iron ore up 3.85% and European gas up 23% as the market weighs the impact of sanctions and the EU announced plan to reduce reliance on Russian gas. Locally, we've opened down 35 points or just a little under half a percent, which is a little bit better than the 49 points for we were pointing to from our futures. Materials and energy are strong, but the rest of the market is fairly weak. Tom, what's happening today? Thank you, Ben. On the sector front, a really good day for commodities, miners, energy and gold higher on those big commodity moves overnight. Consumer discretionary financials and financials rather are both trading lower. And we also seeing travel names sold off a little bit. On the stock front, Katmandu has decided to change its name to KMD Brands. Mineral Resources is up about 3% with its chairman, Peter Wade, looking to retire. And Sigma is up around 4.5%. They upgraded earnings guidance and they make the rat tests that everyone is clambering over. Appen down around 4% on a broker downgrade. On the economic front, we have fourth quarter GDP data out today. Headline number or the headline number is expected to show 3.3% growth in the December quarter. We also have OPEC meeting to decide on their production quota, but expectations are muted that they'll actually be able to have any influence. They've been struggling the last few times that they've met to actually meet or be able to cool prices. Considering all the chat we've had about oil recently, haven't heard much from OPEC. So that's interesting because I remember last time oil was heading up towards 100, OPEC was the headline every day. Yeah. So they've they actually have been struggling to meet the quotas. So a, a few issues happening with them, but it was also interesting you say to see the IEA, the International Energy Agency, increase their output, 60 million barrels. That's only about four or 
five days worth of Russia's output. So obviously everyone was more concerned that it wasn't more of a red flag than a help for the market. So interesting outcomes there. Tonight, we also have the address from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. He's speaking before Congress. That will be closely watched for any indication the Fed is becoming less hawkish. Um, and there was all that discussion overnight about slowing growth as an outcome from the conflict. And as you said, there is near 0% chance of a 50 basis point hike in March. Elsewhere, no corporate event scheduled today. We have TWE and Link trading ex-dividend. Tomorrow, Woolworths and Coles are trading ex-dividend. In other news, the value of the average mortgage for an owner-occupier hit a record what in January? Now, you might have looked at the answer. Does anyone have a guess? One million. The average. So we're not all buying in fancy suburbs, Chris. I think so. suburbs in okay, okay. Melbourne. That oh, well, that might have given it away. It might not be called fancy, but anyway. I think $635,600, Tom. That's an incredible answer. You <laughs> have a very astute. And that is up from 200,000 in 2002. So a big jump there. Do you have the, the comparison of what the average house price has done in that time? I do not. Not on me, Ben. One for tomorrow. Yeah, it wasn't much back then. On house prices, property prices, this the data from CoreLogic out yesterday showed that national prices on average rose 0.6% in February. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Tom. Layden, any interesting broker stuff today? Thanks, Ben. Pretty quiet this morning. We've got ALS, the code for that one is ALS. Q management upgraded their 2022 financial year guidance by 6%, which is 3% ahead of consensus expectations. Macquarie raised their EPS forecast for 2022, 23 and 24 and notes that ALS is trading at a 13% discount to global peers. Credit Suisse has outperformed and lifted its target price 5.4%. The average target price is 15% above the current share price. Also had Callium Lakes downgraded at Morgan's and Macquarie. Morgan's lowered its target price 47%. Macquarie lowered its target price 60%. And Callium advised that the ramp up schedule will be much slower than previously seen. Suggested. So that's why Macquarie pulled back a bit there. One more had Cedar Woods Properties. Morgan's upgraded with a target price 20.8% above the current share price. And that's it. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Leighton. Christopher, what have you got for us in technical trades today? So having a look at a little stock called Boss Resources, it's a uranium company, it has broken out quite strongly from a downtrend, rising volume as well. So nice move there. Should start to build some momentum. Just whilst we're talking, Talking uh, resources and in particular energy stocks, as everyone well knows, uh, myself and uh, Henry as well, to be fair, have been talking about energy for probably at least a month, if not six weeks. And it's nice to see that those stocks are kicking on. It is the only theme that I have open in my theme Thursday section that I write uh, in my little area of the newsletter is energy plays. There's four stocks in there uh, and three of them are going fantastically in the 20 days that uh, I've opened that theme. So, uh, and add Karoon Gas yesterday, which um, Henry has held for quite some time and has done very, very well out of. So I think there's still some juice in that trade. I call it a trade, not an investment. I think there's still some juice there and we might just cover that ground in a little question of the day in about five minutes time. Yeah, just hold on to a little bit of your fire there, Chris. <laughs> 
Thank you, Chris. Uh, Henry, what's happening in your world today? Thanks, Ben. Just written some stuff today about yes, geopolitical things and the risks involved in doing business in other countries. And we've seen that unwind with BHBP rather in uh, in Russia uh, with their holding there. And bear in mind that both Apple and Tesla have massive uh, issues. Of if China was to invade Taiwan, would we see the same backlash? So that's something to bear in mind. Also focusing on energy and oil, obviously commodities in a big way at the moment. I do have gold exposure. Funnily enough, the um, some of the energy stocks and some of the gold stocks aren't really doing that much today. So maybe no one believes it. And I looked as well at one way to play the coal price move is through Sol Patterson's, which funnily enough is down 1.4% today and looks t- terrible. But they do own 38% of New Hope, which doesn't look terrible. Uh, the other one that's interesting is Bowen Coal, which is uh, absolutely nothing on the back of the coal price move. So again, not really seeing that big energy move. Santos only up 2%, Woodside's only up 1.8%, Newcrest only up 1.5%. So it's really not a happening thing at the moment. Maybe people are not convinced by this move at all in the uh, commodity prices, but uh, we'll see as the day progresses and as time progresses uh, whether that uh, holds true over a longer time period. Apart from that, just some links and some thoughts on uh, the Ausbiz Investment Committee thing that I was on that came out yesterday and some links there. But apart from that, the strategy remains the same, I guess. It's stay nimble from my perspective. Do have that cash stash so that you can buy things. We are going to continue to see volatility. We do have the Fed on uh, the Ides of March on 15th and 16th. And of course, Powell is talking today as well. Plus, of course, we now have the State of the Union uh, with Biden coming up very shortly and GDP. So there's plenty of reasons to be cautious. There's plenty of reasons to have cash so that you can deploy it without having to sell something else that uh, is down. But this volatility will continue as we uh, trade off headlines on CNN and what's happening uh, in the Ukraine. But at the moment, commodities are the big story, but we're really not seeing the reaction there in our market to that commodity price rise that you would expect given some of the outsized rises that have been occurring. So interesting to see. Maybe we've anticipated, maybe the market's just a bit slow to react, but that's about it from me. There is one, sorry, one little caveat to that, Henry. South 32, which is big in base metals. Base metals were all up probably at least 1%, if not 2 or 3% for some of them last night. South 32 up 4%. So that might be the shining star within that space. Uh, it might well be, but you know, generally across the board, uh, it's iron ore that's doing well. BHP's up 25 and uh, Rio up 3 But lithium stocks aren't doing much apart from core lithium, which is having a great day up 11.5%. Mineral resources also doing well. There was a big line went through the other day, 10 million shares at 45.52, I think it was. Uh, that's up 2% today as well. Lithium and iron ore, both obviously good themes there, and it has been sold off a lot. Very good stuff. Thanks, Henry. And a tidy little segue there to our question of the day, which Chris alluded to before, and that is simply, is it too late to buy commodities? Tom? Well, thanks. Great question, Ben, actually. I was listening to a podcast from Goldman Sachs. It's called Exchanges, and they had their head of commodities speaking, and he was talking about the super cycle that we're in. We've seen underinvestment, obviously prices jumping um, with sanctions in Russia and a lot of firms pulling out of there. So there are the elements
elements for prices to move higher. And look, I think it will pay off to be a commodities bull. Thank you, Tom. Chris, I think I know your answer. Yeah, the only thing I would add is I've, I've obviously written about this quite a lot recently, and it's a theme that we're very big on. Having watched commodity markets for a while, hopefully Henry agrees with me, is they do overshoot in both directions. They'll overshoot to the downside and then they'll overshoot to the upside. Uh, and right now we're potentially going through an overshoot to the upside, but that doesn't mean that there can't be another $20 in the oil price and another $50 in the iron ore price and whatever all the other prices do. Now, Henry's 100% right, so it's still your thunder, Henry, but it depends on which commodity you're talking about. But I would say as a general rule, no, you shouldn't be selling commodities at the moment. You should still be long commodities. That's for answering a different question. <laughs> you're welcome. Layden? Yeah, along the same suit. I think with the sanctions on Russia, they're probably going to continue for a while and I think the commodities are going to just continue to run. Still a bit to go there. Lovely. Henry? Well, I, you know, I guess at the end of the day, we've been in a commodity super cycle for an awful long time now. We're seeing, you know, massive price rises in the likes of lithium, oil, wheat, coal. Um, this has been happening for a while. If you're not on board now, I don't know what's going to drag you to the party, frankly, to be honest. You know, at the end of the day, Australia is a, an economy based on resources. If you're not uh, playing resources, at least from the long side, you are missing out on some uh, some big gains and pretty much the, the bedrock of our commodity, which is iron ore for a start. Clearly, you know, we are going to see this continue and the transition to new energy sources is going to drive commodity prices higher as we have to green the planet by digging it up, which is a somewhat ironic. But uh, this is a long-term theme. It doesn't mean to say all commodity stocks, equities at least, will rise because each one is different. But certainly, and as a general brush, broad brushstroke, commodity stocks and resource stocks in general should do pretty well. I've been a bull of BHP for a long, long time and added it to one of our portfolios at 37 bucks. And that was before it paid out the dividends. So, you know, that theme I don't think is going away, to be honest, Ben. We're going to continue to see it. It may have ups and downs. We may see this as a bit of a spike in the short term because of Ukraine. But when it goes away, people are going to realize that they have to enforce and enhance their supply chains. And that will apply to commodities as well as semiconductors and all the other crap that goes with it. So yes, be long resource stocks. Some very good points there. Thank you, Henry. Uh, I, I think as long as inflation is around, there's a little bit chicken or egg, but as long as inflation is around, I've got, I'm happy buying commodities. So that's a full house. Thanks guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Henry. See you guys.